I'm Kevin Richard. Well, it was pretty much a stay-the-course election in the Boise School Board on Tuesday. Four incumbents won pretty easily, Dave Wagers, Beth Oppenheimer, Andy Haas, and Elizabeth Langley. But there was one significant change, one really interesting change on the board. Voters selected Shivaraj Bandari, a Boise High School senior who just recently turned 18, elected him to a two-year term on the board, unseating Steve Schmidt, an incumbent who had been appointed about a year ago. I had a chance to talk to Raj Bhandari this week, uh, really early on Thursday morning before his uh, school day began. We I got together via Zoom. I had a chance to talk to him about how he campaigned for this uh, seat, how he plans to try to represent 20,000, 23,000 students, including 5,000 high school students on the school board, and what, how, how he plans to serve out the two years, because he is a high school senior who's planning to go to college. Is he going to serve the two-year term? We've a lot to talk about. Here's our conversation. Well, Shiva, thank you for taking time out of your day, out of your school day, to, to talk to me this morning. Uh, so before we get into your board position and your approach to that, I, I want to talk about the moment here a little bit. I mean, you're, you're watching those numbers on Tuesday night. The final numbers came in at 1 in the morning on Wednesday. Talk me through the election night and your emotions through that night. I mean, were you confident about how things were going to go? Were you on edge about how it was going to go? I mean, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was certainly, um, that was certainly a, a surreal moment for me at like 1 a.m. when the results came in. Um, we held our election night party over at Route Zero Waste Market and had all our volunteers and donors and uh, everyone just kind of come out um, and support. And we thought, oh, we'll know the election results by 10 and everyone can go home at like 10.30. But now <laughs> 10.30 rolls around and it was like, we got to get out of here. So um, I, I remember watching t- Tuesday night. You you get the tweet at 10.30. They say, well, the final numbers are going to come in, but it's going to be two or three hours. You got to be like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I was, at this point, I was pretty tired, too, because we'd been you know campaigning all day. Um, but. I was like, everyone come over. Um, we'll turn on Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and and uh, we just watched a movie and waited for the election results to come in. And I think in those last like 10, 10 minutes, though, it was like it was like very uh, riveting. Um, but when the numbers came in, it, it was certainly very exciting, and I, you know, I was just really humbled to be surrounded by uh, all the volunteers, donors, mentors who had really helped me along the way. So let me ask, and I'm going to, let me ask this. As I, as you announced this summer, I think I was curious, and I think probably a good number of voters were, were curious, okay, how does a high school student approach running for school board? And I watched the campaign, and you got endorsements from Jim Jones, city council members Lisa Sanchez and Jimmy Halliburton, state representative John Gannon. You did you know, a good deal of fundraising. Uh, you did the door-to-door. You did earned media. I mean, you did everything a a candidate for school board or legislature or city council. You know, you ran a very conventional, very savvy kind of campaign. Was there a conscious moment for you as a candidate saying, I need to show supporters, potential supporters, that I'm serious about this. This is not just, you know, I put my name in on a whim. Yeah, yeah, there definitely was. And when I announced my campaign, I, I was committed to to winning this election. Um, and and that meant 
running a campaign that maybe look different than a lot of the, you know, you describe them as sleepy uh, school board campaigns that, that we've seen in the past in the Boise School District. Because, you know, when we don't have voters turning out, um, it, you know, more than three, six percent, we're not really getting that representation and that um, accountability that the board needs. And so I was determined to get out the work about the school board race and, uh, you know, shoot my shot. Um, and I was super lucky to have Sam Sandmeyer, who has been around the block mm-hmm. on these things. Yep. You know, she was the treasurer for, for Mayor McLean's campaign. Um, and she, she leads uh, the Ada County team with Reclaim Idaho. Um, and, and, and Ella Weber, uh, my campaign manager, right. who um, just really knew how to, how to make it work. Um, but yeah, we were super lucky to have all the support that we did. It feels weird that we're kind of celebrating 18% turnout in an election, but that's more or less what it looks like. What do you think uh, changed yeah. this time? I mean, there was more interest in this campaign than, than previous uh, school board races. What changed? I think what changed is that we had an exciting candidate. I think people are excited about the prospects of a high school student on the school board and, and securing a student voice um, where it really matters. You know, I said it before, students belong in, in all places where decisions are being made, but especially where decisions are being made on education. And I think yesterday or two days ago showed that um, Boise voters agree and Boise voters want to see student representation and student voices be taken seriously in uh, in decision making. Um, I think also the threat of, of extremism in our schools mm-hmm. it was certainly a motivator as well, um, probably as you know. Um, and again, it showed, the results showed that the voters agreed that, you know, our extremism has no place in our schools. Hate, violence, intimidation have no place in our schools. Um, and really it is just a, a very small vocal minority of uh, Boise residents who uh, who are pushing those ideals. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the Idaho Liberty Dogs. They endorsed uh, your opponent, Steve Schmidt, uh, late in the campaign. How much of a factor was that in this race? And I, and I know for you, this isn't just a moment in a campaign. I mean, you, you know, your, your concerns about the Liberty Dogs go back uh, further than this campaign. So t- talk about how you think it played into the race and the, the bigger picture of school board politics. I think, obviously, you know, that was, that was detrimental to, to Steve's campaign. And his response to that demonstrated really a lack of understanding that, of, of the threat that extremism poses to um, to our school board and to our education system as a whole. Um, you know, I think a lot of the coverage um, of that has been the endorsement itself. And, you know, Steve's right. He didn't ask for the endorsement. Mm-hmm. Um, but the issue for me, and I think the issue for most voters, was his response. It was the lack of, you know, immediate disavowal. When you're endorsed by a hate group, which the, the Liberty Dogs is, you disavow that immediately. Um, and if you don't, it demonstrates something, it demonstrates a sympathy towards that kind of uh, intimidation that I think really doesn't align with the values of the majority of, of constituents. Um, that being said, you know, yes, it was beneficial for me, um, 
that that Steve was endorsed by that group. But in no way is that something that I wanted to see in this campaign. Um, It is terrifying that these groups are involved in our school board politics, and it is terrifying what they've been doing across the valley, you know, in Napa, in uh, the Meridian libraries. Mm -hmm. Um, They used to come to our, our climate rallies when we were like in ninth grade with their AR-15s and it was just so, it, it was it was a very frightening experience I think for all of us. And I remember last year too when there was a student who brought a gun to school and, and they tried to organize a, a protest outside Boise High. Um, but I think voters showed that the Liberty Dogs do not represent the values of, of the majority. And for me, you know, this campaign is about representation um, and so I think that's all we need to hear. Let me talk about the position a little bit. I mean, you've been active in in education politics. You've been uh, you've been at the state house testifying. You've been active on climate change issues. School board is a very nuts and bolts administrative kind of a position, though. Talk about the approach to that uh, to that job. Yeah, I I know that I'm qualified to serve on the school board because you're right. I've been involved in in my community for for a long time, and I'm I'm very passionate about um, building a future that is just and and equitable for all Boise students, but for everyone. Um, I'm I'm really excited to get to work and and get to work with you know some of these awesome trustees that we have um, that were elected on Tuesday as well as uh, as well as the ones that that weren't up for, for re-election as well as the Boise Education Association and, and teachers and, and constituents across the valley um, and certainly this will be a learning experience for me um, as it would be for any new trustee but I'm really looking forward to to the challenge and I'm confident that we can find solutions that further the goals of public education uh, in our city and in our state um, and are really beneficial to to all stakeholders. You talk about the trustees, the, the, the board of trustees that you're going to be working with, the, uh, the four incumbents who won on Tuesday, the, the two other incumbents who are still in. You've watched the school board closely as a student, as an engaged student. Where do you think this board has uh, has done right by students, and where do you think this board maybe needs to to do better on students' behalf? Yeah, good question. I think overall the board has done a very good job running our schools, um, and I think you know the, the number one indicator of that is full day kindergarten. The fact that we were able to expand full day kindergarten before the state provided any funding right. before. There really was, you know, this push statewide. I remember when I was in kindergarten, um, it was it was a lottery, and my parents had to pay out of pocket. And you know, I'm super privileged to have the opportunity, and and I don't think I, I would be where I am today without full day kindergarten, um, or or without any of my teachers for that matter. Um, but what the board did in that decision, um, and and what the district staff did, you know, that was a, a long time coming. Um, that will advance equity, that will advance student achievement for years to come, and that is super exciting. I think the board's handling of, of the COVID pandemic, that was also a point of discussion, um, 
And I think that was also a positive uh, in my book. Um, it, it was an impossible problem to solve um, with COVID and, and it continues to be. Uh, but I think the way the board made that rational decision to try to keep our schools open by requiring masks. I remember we had so many students out uh, and, and so many and, and, a, and a shortage of substitute teachers. You know, three of my classes were in the cafeteria at, at one point um, during the school year last year, and we were just doing homework in the cafeteria. Um, and the steps that the board took to ensure that families and students and teachers were safe is is the reason uh, the Boise School District fared better than many schools across the state when it came to the pandemic. I think my my largest grievance with with the board in the past has been the lack of student voice. Um, and you know, I've, I've told this story before, but I've been working with with students across the the district from all four high schools um, and, and several middle schools to um, to get a long term plan for for clean energy and sustainability in our school district and. Um, you know, this was like a two-year campaign um, with the Idaho Climate Justice League. Uh, we were reaching out to board members. We wrote 300 postcards. We worked with Idaho Power and uh, you know, led a city club forum. Um, and we never really got that engagement that I think we deserve from our board members. And I think there was a lot going on. Um, but I think that shows a lack of understanding of who the largest stakeholder is in education. Because it's not parents, it's students, right? Education is the foundation of, of, of life, right? Of, of, uh, of society. And when students' voices aren't taken seriously, it, it's undignifying and disempowering. Um, but it also is, is a tragedy for, for really all stakeholders because we're boots on the ground in the classroom. We know what's going on in our schools. Um, and we do have a lot to bring to the table. And it brings me to the question I wanted to ask. It, it, it ties in really nicely. You've talked a lot you know, on the campaign about mental health issues. Uh, we have written about and, and spent a lot of time looking at student achievement and learning loss during this pandemic. From your perspective as a student, what can you do now as a, as a soon-to-be trustee to bring a, a light on mental health issues, on student achievement issues, and, and do something for you know, the boots on the ground, as you put it? As a leader, I think one of the biggest things you can do, especially when it comes to stigmatize issues like mental health, is talk about them. Um, because really, for a lot of people, it's just out of sight, out of mind, and, and they don't want to hear it. Um, and it is something that's very difficult to talk about. But I think a lot of the coverage that we see nationally, as well as here in Idaho, um, demonstrates that we do have a mental health crisis. And burying our heads in the sand isn't going to solve it. Um, I saw a statistic, even before the pandemic, 10% of Idaho students had acted on suicidal thoughts in 2019. Um, and that number's only gone up, I'm sure, with the pandemic. Uh, at Boise High, where I attend, our student counselor ratio is 150% of what the American School Counselors Association recommends. And because of that, we don't have adequate mental health resources to meet the needs of all our students. 
teachers also, I think, are are, are unprepared to to talk about mental health in the classroom, and, and it, it is out of their job description. Um, and it's unfortunate, I think, that the the burden of dealing with the mental health issues of so many youth has fallen on our schools. But that is the case, um, and we cannot foster a positive learning environment. We cannot foster student achievement if we are not valuing student experiences and, and student life. Um, and so we need to provide training opportunities for teachers to, to introduce mental health curriculum into, into their, their classroom. We need to provide uh, funding so schools can hire more school counseling personnel. That needs to be a priority. Above all else, that needs to be a priority is mental health resources um, because that's the, that's the foundation for everything. Right. If, if you are you know, struggling in, in, in regards to your mental health or struggling at home, um, you're not going to achieve well at school. Mm-hmm. Let me ask how you approach this. I mean, you have a chance to be a student voice on the school board, but this is a student population of 23,000 children and, and young adults. 5,000 or so in high school. I mean, how do you represent, that's a very diverse group of uh, group of people. It's a very diverse cohort. How do you represent them and, and at the same time find that sweet spot of, uh, of, you know, of advancing what you believe and what, where you think we need to be going? That's a great question, Kevin. And I'm wondering about myself. And I don't pretend to represent all 23,000 students. Um, but one voice is better than, than no voices. And I think my ultimate job for being a trustee is modeling what it looks like to have a student voice and a student vote on the board. What students can bring to the table when they're just given a seat. Um, and I hope to set a president that will continue and, and hopefully represent all 23,000 students. Um, as as I embark on this trusteeship, that I think that's my my first order of business is reaching out to students across the school district, not just high school students, junior high students, and, and elementary students, um, as well as teachers, and hearing their concerns and what's going on in their classrooms. Um, and it's not like I'm in all of our schools, but I'm certainly a lot closer to our schools than some of the people serving on the school board. And, and I think it's important to have, have that student voice and that representation. Logistical question here. So you're, you're a high school senior. You're graduating this year. You've uh, been elected to a two-year term. How does that work? I mean, how are you going to juggle the two years on the, on the school board with life after high school? Uh, how are you going to do that? Glad you asked. I, I ran as a student representative for our schools, and that's what voters chose. They chose to have a student voice and a student vote on the Boise School Board. Um, so I would like to be replaced by a student in one year this fall. Um, and I'm setting on a process already to select four or five students to shadow me over the, the course of the next year, um, who will turn 18 by early fall next year and then who can be voted in by the rest of the board to replace me. But that takes cooperation with 
my other board members. And, you know, I'm looking forward to getting to know them very well. Um, but if, if the board is not interested in selecting one of these students who, who will be very qualified and, and who will share the values that I share and, and that uh, apparently the majority of Boise constituents and Boise schools patrons share, then I will not resign. I will serve the full length of that two-year term. And I will do whatever it takes to fulfill the needs of that term. Which might mean putting off college, it sounds like, and, and staying in Boise or taking a gap year or something like that. Or That's certainly on the table. Okay. Okay, so you just turned 18. We all have recollections of being 18. Now, you know, some of ours are more distant than others. But what you've done, running for office, winning an election as an 18 year old is very unrelatable for a lot of us uh, when we were 18. So I, I guess this is kind of a, an off the wall, maybe a little bit more of a personal question. What, what's the most relatable 18 year old thing that you enjoy doing when you're not doing politics? Well, Kevin, I love looking at all the dibs on your back wall because I'm a runner at heart. Um, and if I'm not running for school board, then I'm, I'm running for my school. Um, I, I really do enjoy running cross country and track. I'm we're looking to have a really great season. We might win state. Don't tell Rocky um, this year. And um, oh, nobody in Rocky is going to listen. We'll make sure to block <laughs> them. Um, and and uh, you know that's where all my friends are from. Is, mm-hmm. is running. Beyond that, I really enjoy fly fishing, skiing, um, and just uh, you know hanging out with my friends. So. One last question, and, and there's going to be a cliche question, but I feel like it's kind of an appropriate question. Where do you see yourself going here? I mean, you know, the, the, the cliche interview question is where do you see yourself in 10 years? But you're, you're 18, you've got a, a long future ahead, and this is the first step in, in that. Where do you want to head down the road? I'm not sure. A lot of people have asked me that question, and I got lost of emails yesterday. School board now, senator later. It's important to me that our elected leaders are qualified. And I am qualified to serve on the school board. I've been in our schools. I'm a community organizer. I've been an advocate for youth in and out of the classroom for climate education, for voting rights, for representation. Um, Now, the onus is on me to uh, pick up qualifications for a, a higher seat if I choose mm-hmm. if I choose to run for that. Um, but after college, I, I hope to be a, an environmental lawyer. Uh, you know, I, I, I work for the Idaho Conservation League now and I've seen how valuable litigation is to solve environmental crises and protect the communities that depend on um, those resources. Um, but I think that's kind of an open-ended question and I'm sure in, in the next year, two years, um, We'll see that develop a little bit more. Well, well, Shiva, first things first, I know you've got to get to school today, so I appreciate you carving out some time early in the morning to, to talk to me. Thank you for your time. Congratulations on your on your victory, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon down the road. Yeah, thank you so much, Kevin. Again, that was Shiva Raj Bandari, a senior at Boise High School, who was elected to the Boise School Board on Tuesday. Let me catch up on some news that we have for you at idahoednews.org. If you were wondering what was happening in Nampa with the uh, 
the fallout from the uh, decision in May to ban 22 books from school libraries. Devin Bodkin has the latest. The district has a new policy uh, that they're going to propose and discuss next week. He's got the, uh, the details on that. He also looked at uh, the paper trail, emails that uh, the board had received before and after that decision in May. Gives you a sense of kind of how that controversy played out behind the scenes over the course of several months. Carly Flandro has a look at education foundations and how they uh, help supplement school funding around the state. Speaking of Carly, she has launched her own podcast, The Teacher's Lounge. Now, you know Carly is a former school teacher, so she comes at this uh, from, from life experience. But what she's going to do with her podcast is talk to educators about issues that, that are facing educators in their day-to-day lives. Uh, in her first uh, episode of the podcast, she talks to a teacher about working out work-life balance, which we all have to deal with. But for teachers, it's an even more uh, complicated issue. Check out Carly's podcast and, and this podcast at our SoundCloud page, and you can find the podcast as well on our homepage. But you're listening to this podcast, so you already were able to find it. But you should definitely check out Carly's podcast as well, The Teacher's Lounge. You should follow us all week at idahoednews.org for all the latest news in education policy and education politics. Follow us on Twitter at Idaho Ed News. We tweet out links to our latest stories and bulletins on breaking items. Follow us on Facebook and comment on our stories there. And check back here next week for another podcast. I'm Kevin Richard. Have a good week. 